Hey there, dog people of the internet. It's me, Sarah Strumming of the Cognitive Canine, and this is called Dog Radio, a podcast about all things dog sports and dog training. Join me as I explore my cases and considerations regarding the behavior of the dogs we live and play with. I hope you enjoy it. Hi friends, this episode is set to air on New Year's Eve 2019, and so I thought I would do kind of a uh, new tradition of talking about goals and reflecting on the year a little bit, because that's kind of what we do this time of year. Um, So I'm going to talk a little bit about the goals that my patrons um, brought up on Patreon. I'm going to talk about what my goals are for 2020, um, along with a few reflections. And then we're going to talk about goals as, in a general sense and what makes a goal achievable and what what, what makes a goal smart um, rather than maybe not, not high enough or way too lofty. It's important to kind of hit that sweet spot. So... As far as my goals go, um, and you know, we're talking dog training here. <laughs> I'm not going to go too deep into my personal goals, but um, I think that they're usually intertwined. For me, uh, dogs, dog training, and competing has been the route that I've taken to kind of learn about myself and better myself as a person. And so, it's there's always certainly personal stuff there, but competitively speaking, um, I've got kind of two big goals for 2020. One of them is to put Iggy's CDX, so that's Companion Dog Excellent in American Kennel Club Obedience on her. Um, She is trained on the exercises for the CDX. But what we're working on right now is ring prep. So getting her ready to walk into that ring and own it and feel very confident. So I'm looking at, um, I'm very lucky to have been informed of some matches and also to have some training partners kind of raise their hand and say, hey, let's do obedience. So slowly but surely kind of getting that um, obedience community that I've been missing kind of built up. Um, And so then I've got Felix and I've got a loose goal (laughs) of... um, taking Felix to Sinosport. Now, he may or may not qualify for that. So then I'm going to talk about, you know, why that's still an okay goal in a minute when I talk about goal structure for me. That's kind of, that's the goal. That's the outcome goal. I've got a lot of little process goals in there in the meantime to try to get qualified for that event. I don't have a lot of trials to do it in. Um, and I'm not going to add extra trials. So I've got the trials that I want to go to set up already, and I'm only going to go to that many. And if he gets qualified in a couple of things, so even if he only gets qualified in two tournaments, we'll, we'll probably go. Um, and, and that's it because it's in California. Um, it's actually where my grandmother used to live in California and I used to go there as a child, um, every summer. So, I am just interested in going. It's my favorite event, and I was very sad to have missed it in 2019. So it's a it's a thought. It's a goal, but it's not, you know, goals are not set in stone, right? They're not something that owns us or defines us. 
So that's my goal for Felix competitively. As far as training is concerned, um, Iggy's continuing to work on the utility level of booby dance because if she gets that CDX, we're going to dive forward and get that UD um, as well. If she decides she wants to, um, she's got very limited obedience trial experience and I'm not going to make her do something she doesn't like doing. So if she doesn't like the trials, then we won't do it, but she's really enjoying the training so far. So we will train through that level. Um, and my bigger training, my, my kind of overarching training goal is to train weekly and kind of stick to my training calendar when I'm being quote unquote good, when I am, um, when I'm being the trainer that I want to be, I train my dogs kind of every other day, um, or sometimes every day for like three or four days in a row and then off for two or three days. I think in a perfect world, they would get a walk and a training session every day. The reality is that I don't have time for both every day. So I try to prioritize, you know, if they trained yesterday, they go on a walk today. If they went on a walk yesterday, we can train today. So I want to make um, a more solid training calendar, set up some training dates um, with friends that are a little bit more set in stone. I, I, I sometimes cut those things from my schedule if, if my schedule is feeling too heavy. And I don't want to do that anymore because it serves me and my dogs to train. Um, and I want to, I want to just make sure that there is time made for us in that way. So as far as you guys over on Patreon, we had a discussion about this. Um, a couple of things you brought up. One thing was prioritizing. A few of you kind of said, which is kind of what I just said, that you wanted to prioritize some training tasks, but that you weren't totally sure how. So hopefully this episode will help you structure that a little bit better. And then in a general sense, just plain prioritizing dog training in 2020 because it serves you and it serves your dog is a good idea. But, you know, a few of you brought up that you've just got so many things to train that you aren't sure where to turn or what to do. So we're going to hopefully help you make some of those decisions as we go. Some of you talked about resolving to keep records. Um, I'm not a huge fan of New Year's resolutions. And the reason is I find that um, they're usually really hard and people do them in January and then maybe a little bit in February and then they, they stop doing it. Um, this is why, you know, if you're a member of a gym, you hate going in January. Like if you're an actual gym goer and you go all year, you hate January because it's packed. <laughs> there are so many people at the gym in January. And, you know, as far as record keeping goes, it can definitely be like that. So when you are resolving, if you want to resolve to do something, or maybe you want to resolve to just train more often, be compassionate with yourself as a learner and split for yourself. So if you want to keep records, then just make a goal of one time this week, you're going to review video and take notes on it. And you might train five or six times, but one time you're going to review video and take notes. Or maybe your split is just that you start videoing all of your sessions and putting them up on YouTube or something. So 
maybe your split isn't that you take physical notes, but it is that you video. And then maybe the next split is that you video and review. And then maybe after that, you video review and take notes. So split it up for yourself. Don't feel like it all has to happen at once just because you're aware of everything that needs to happen. Um, a few of you mentioned that you're actually stepping away from competition to work on some stuff. And I can't applaud that more. Um, I took an entire year off from agility. Most of 2019, I did not do agility. Um, I did a little bit of training here and there, but for the most part, I didn't do agility and I didn't compete in anything um, for a solid year. And it's important for us sometimes to do that, to step away from competition in order to look closer at our goals, um, think harder about our goals, and train smarter. Some of you have taken, have, have stepped away from competition because you realize that it's not right for your dog. Some of you have stepped away from competition because you realize that you've got a problem that's not going to be fixed in context. We talk about that all the time. Most of your competition problems need to be solved outside of the competition ring. And if you continue to put the dog in the competition ring, you will not get them solved. Um, I've got one of my patrons is getting a puppy in 2020 and she doesn't want to screw this up. We all have don't screw it up fears when we get puppies because we all are like, I am not going to make any mistakes this time. And the truth is that you are going to make mistakes. You will make mistakes. So the second you just embrace that and let it go, um, that, that, that's the second that you will start actually doing right by this puppy. So just embrace that you will be imperfect and you will make mistakes and there will be problems and you will also solve those problems. Um, and then a few of you mentioned just that you just want to be with your dogs more. You want to go on more walks and hang out with them more and play with them more and, um, you know, not necessarily train more, but just be with them in the world more. And I, I couldn't love that anymore. Um, my time in the woods with my dogs is some of my most therapeutic, important time for me. Um, and if I just went into the woods by myself, it wouldn't actually be as great. Because what makes it so great is the joy on Felix's face as he's frolicking down the trail because it's literally his favorite time of day. Um, what's great is watching Iggy just roll super hard in some wet moss. Like, she just loves that. Like, what's great is seeing them enjoy it. Um, as much as, as much as we do. And I think uh, one of my favorite poets is Mary Oliver. And she said, she wrote, um, because of a dog's joyfulness, our own is increased. It is no small gift. And I think of that every day when I watch my dogs be joyful and have happiness on their faces, because it's true that my own happiness is increased when I see their just um, unbridled joy on the trail or in life. When I tell them that it's their turn to train, same thing. Big smile on their face. Iggy starts barking at me to hurry up. Felix might get a toy and just the pep in his step as he heads to the training building with a toy in his mouth makes my entire heart smile. <laughs> and so 
embracing that more as much as you can, even through dark times, because there will be dark times in the coming year, because there always are. So just for me, if you're going to resolve, resolve to allow the dog's joyfulness to increase your own, because that's the gift that I think they're here to give us. Um, so let's talk about goals a little bit and goal setting. You've got kind of two basic types of goals. You've got outcome goals and process goals. So an outcome oriented goal is about, you know, just like it sounds, the outcome. So my goal of putting a CDX on Iggy is an outcome goal. My goal of qualifying and going to Sinosport with Felix is an outcome goal. So if I just make those goals and just stick them on the wall and look at them every day, I'm not going to get there. The process goals that are involved, that's how you get there. And I think people skip that part because the, the outcome goals are the sexy ones. They're the ones that we all want to think about and talk about and shoot for. But if we don't then take that outcome goal and cut it up and look inside it and say, what is going to allow me to actually achieve this goal and then make goals around that process, then we're not going to get there. So for example, um, with Iggy's CDX, the process goals are going to look like this. Uh, go to matches. And I might get a little more specific and say go to a match every month. You know, anytime I can, I will. Um, meet up with a training buddy once a month. And then train twice a week on my own, right? So those might be process type goals uh, for her. And then for Sport, first of all, we got to enter trials. <laughs> Um, actually go to agility trials. So for senior sport, it's going to be, um, get, do some coursework once a week. I have some emails out to try to rent some facilities so that I can do that. So get some coursework under my belt with him. Um, and then at least once a week also work on some skill sets that are revealed in coursework. So basically train twice a week. Um, and, you know, yeah, get those trials entered. They're on the calendar. They're sacred. I don't move them um, for teaching assignments and that kind of thing. So when you're thinking about prioritizing, think about the process goals. Some of you had mentioned, you know, my dog's got this behavior problem and this behavior problem, but we've also got this competition goal. And, you know, what am I supposed to do here? Well, for me, the first the first thing that we do always needs to be um, about the dog's quality of life. So if if something is blocking my dog from, from access to the, the four steps to behavioral wellness, okay? So if the dog can't be exercised appropriately because of a behavior problem, that's the first thing I need to work on. If the dog cannot be enriched appropriately because of a behavior problem, maybe resource guarding, that's what I need to work on. Um, if the dog cannot have proper nutrients because of a behavior, because of a training situation, um, then that's what I need to work on. So anything that is blocking the dog from having appropriate care needs to be at the top of the list. It must be. And so that's where I've got these little training goals all the time to help better my my dogs for their lives. So a lot of that has to do with veterinary work, husbandry things. 
um, like that, because that's pretty much the only thing stopping us. They can go on off-leash hikes anywhere. Um, they can have their raw food without, you know, becoming aggressive towards me or, you know, I feed them in crates so that the other dogs are not an issue. Um, you know, I don't really have anything that's blocking their quality of life. That's why all my goals are competition oriented now. If you have things that are blocking their quality of life, um, then you'd need to work there. So I've kind of decided recently that I don't think Felix is a good candidate for flying on airplanes, which is perfectly fine with me. But if I had, you know, big international competition goals with him, um, then I would need to really zero in on his comfort about some things that I think would be the problem. Um, it's certainly not being in a crate. There's a lot, there's other things involved. Um, I would need to zero in on those things and work on those things first to make sure that his quality of life throughout our competition career was good. My dogs travel well in my car and they do really, really well in hotel rooms. And all of that is a non-issue for us. So we don't have to work there. But if I needed to zero in and focus there first, then I would. Xenosport's going to be a road trip. It's going to be a long road trip with a lot of hotels. If Felix had an issue with riding in the car or being in new places or being in hotels, then those things would need to be a part of my goal setting process. And I would have to say, you know, maybe this big national event isn't in the cards for us because of the stress that the travel will cause him. But maybe I can shoot for next year for 2021 and this year work on those things. So that might be, you know, if I needed to fly to go there, that's probably what it would look like for me. Luckily, um, it is in California, so I can drive, but um, I, hopefully you kind of are getting what I'm saying, that anything that blocks my dog's quality of life or produces stress for my dog needs to be my first order of business. And then from there, I can, you know, look at competition goals and things that serve me a little bit more. So when you're thinking about prioritizing, always think about their experience and their quality of life. And then think about you and say, what's, you know, how much time in a week do I have? And do I actually have time to be doing three classes a week? Or would I like one night at home? Because that's okay to have too, right? So look at, look at the overall um, stuff, the overarching themes. For me, it's go on more walks. You know, I go almost, I, I pretty much go three or four times a week for a nice long uh, two, two hour hike in the woods. And if I weren't able to do that, I'd need to really look at my schedule and cut some things out and, and make it possible. I understand it's not possible for everybody. Some people have a commute, that kind of thing. I work from home so I can work when it's dark and take my dogs out when there's daylight. Um, I'm lucky like that. But you know, maybe your goal should be setting up a space in your house that is more usable for training because you want to be training and it's dark. Maybe your goal is um, getting some mirrors put up in your in your training space because you need to work on heel position or front position or something and it's easier to see in a mirror. You know, um, we've got some goals around here to kind of downsize some of the fitness equipment so to make room for some improved models of fitness equipment. Um, and I'm always interested in, you know, upgrading and then downsizing. So 
hopefully this was helpful to you as far as your goal setting and hopefully it was interesting as far as mine. And I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to Cogdog Radio this year. And I hope that you will tune in in 2020. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe in the podcast app of your choice. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, being a part of the CogDoc Radio community, and getting access to all kinds of extras, head over to patreon.com slash cogdogradio to become a patron.